so whether you, you you're buying the the catch and release package from us and Tom Morgan or from me, you, the, the, there's going to be no limit. So you can pick whatever wood you want, whether it's a burl or like that quilted maple, you're going to be able to pick the handle wood. And so that's a wide range. You know, that's going to be everything from a really rare uh, Asian pan burl going all the way up to a maple burl, which will be much more common. That was Ethan Eichelhart telling us about an upcoming Tom Morgan project he has going. Another Fly Fishing Founders episode today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Uh, got a little listener tip here coming from uh, Reagan Kenyon today. This is uh, Reagan reached out and noted uh, to me that uh, for the Amazon Prime members, you can watch uh, the Watton, this is Davey Watton, Wet Fly Ways, and also Gallup's high sticking videos on Amazon Prime. So if you didn't know, which I didn't, um, you don't uh, have to get that CD. You can watch it right now if you have Prime. So. Um, uh, you can head over there right now and uh, take a look there. If you want to leave, if you have a tip for the show, you can head over to wetflyswing.com slash speakpipe and record a tip. I can record here uh, and let everybody know what's going on. That'd be awesome. Uh, Ethan Eichelhart is here from Stonefly Nets to shed some light on the process of creating a custom wood trout net. Ethan tells us why the burl is so important as part of the wood process, how long it takes to produce a net, and how to use electrodes for your next uh, net design and this is uh, not recommended for kids so uh, s- stay safe out there i'm excited to share this conversation with one of our current podcast sponsors today so without further ado here is ethan eigelhart from stoneflynets.com how's it going ethan good thanks for having me on and uh hope you're doing well yeah yeah i think things are good out here it's uh it's getting a little cold which is good uh how are things out in uh, arkansas today we go from freezing to summertime in about 24 hours, and I think today is going to be in the 60s. And oh wow! Humid, and probably tomorrow it'll be cold. It yeah. was cold yesterday. Yep, that's um, right. But yeah, Arkansas, Arkansas weather is really confusing because we either get weather out of sort of Canada or we get it coming out of the Gulf. Um, that's right. Wow. So we get a mix of everything, but we've had no snow this year, which is nice. Yeah, because I live on a big hill, so when it snows, you can't uh, you can't get out. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, cool. Well, we're gonna we're gonna dig in. We'll probably dig into some fishing here. We're also gonna dig into stonefly nets because, you know, the cool thing is here you're a sponsor for the podcast this season, and I want to talk a little bit about that. But I also want to just dig into to nets and talk about your business and the net you make, and maybe give some tips on people if they're not familiar with you know nets. I think today lots of people use nets uh, because obviously they're a nice tool to have out fishing so we're gonna get into all that but maybe just uh, bring us back to fishing how did you first get into fly fishing i got into fly fishing in uh late 2014 my wife gave me a a fly fishing trip for an anniversary gift and it's the first time i actually ever did fly fishing and i just i fell in love with it and just kind of did it as often as I could kind of gave up golf and picked up Hmm. fly fishing. I I don't know that I 
gave up a cheaper sport for another one <laughs> or not, but <laughs> yeah. Did, do you have as many, uh, do you have as many rods now as you would your, your clubs in your bag? I'm getting close. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting close. I can't, I shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> That's my right. Wife let you re- know, but. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But I've kind of gotten into collecting, uh, classic bamboo rods. That's oh, become cool. my addiction for, for some reason. And, and I think that started with that three weight that my father gave me, which is about a 1954 Orvis. I think it's a Madison three weight. Um, and then I've picked up a couple post uh, World War II fly rods and a couple pre World War II fly rods. Oh wow, cool! Um, probably the oldest one I got is a 1942 Abercrombie and Fitch, huh. and that's a pretty, pretty, pretty nice rod. And it's just it's got some nice history to it. But it's a not many people know that Abercrombie and Fitch back in the day was the Patagonia. No. Um, yeah, so back in the day, they sold sporting outdoor sporting goods along with fly rods and whatnot. They they were literally Patagonia. Amazing. Before they be, were they a conservation were they a conservation minded uh, company? I think so. I mean, this was long before. Yeah, I mean, we're talking in the probably thirties and forties yeah, that they were that way. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of hard to believe they what you know what they've become today and what they were so vastly <laughs> yeah there was, only, there was only one time in my life i think i was a, a a customer of them and it was probably somewhere in my i don't know if it was like high school or somewhere where that was the thing but yeah they they definitely aren't the first company i think of when i think of outdoors these days yeah no it's it's a great it's a it's an awesome little four weight it's probably even by today's standards a three weight um, so how do you it's know, just kind of smooth it. how do you know I, I want to dig into this just a little bit because I think I'm not a bamboo expert at all but my dad had, had some knowledge there and I always it always interested me so with bamboos for somebody who's out there maybe they got an old bamboo back in their closet or something is there a way to quickly look at an old rod and know you know the quality I know like dark right the coloration is that one thing to look at or is that simple or is that too long to answer here I, I, I'm, I'm not an expert in it. I just, it was fortunate enough to, um, buy, the gentleman at cold water collectibles is really knowledgeable Okay, and he does a, a huge background on each one of the you know, rods he sells. So he, he, he knows more about it. My kind of brief understanding of it is a lot of it deals with the maker and, then just being able to backtrack through that maker of who, you know, if it was say Orvis, one of the nice things about Orvis is if you have an old Orvis rod, there's a serial number on it mm. and they've got all of those serial numbers categorized. So you can go into their database, find that rod, find the year it was made and who made it. Um, which is kind of neat because they, I mean, they go, they've got the catalog going all the way back to the beginning. Oh, wow. So, um, and, but like with Abercrombie and Fitch, I wouldn't even know how to go back and figure out. No. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of think generally in an older rod, what you're just looking for is to make sure that the wraps are still intact, that the finish is good, um, you know, that it doesn't have a you know, bamboo will, if you don't, lay it right will 
you know, bend. So you'll get bows in it and then you've got to figure out how to straighten it back out. Cause you can straighten it back out, but I just like it kind of for the history. I'm, I'm, I'm the history. Buff, yeah. That's or, awesome. Or want, or want to be buff. I Me should too. say. Me too. Um, so I just like things that have that are older than me that have some life to them. Yeah, um, and that's kind of how I got into the bamboo. And also, I got into the bamboo because that's that three weight I had was what I learned to fly fish on. And oh, cool! I can re- I can recommend that is not the way to go. No, 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 <laughs> soft and noodle noodly rod, right? Pretty pretty soft. Noodly rod. Um, but you know, learning how to cast on a three weight is probably one of the harder ways to go. Like if you want to bang your head against the wall, that's the way to yeah do it. But I also think that it made me better at fly fishing. Cause, yeah. I mean, I really sat in my front yard with that three weight for hours on end, trying to figure out how to, how to cast. So, so what was it, you know, 2014, so you got started a little later than some in the fly fishing. What was it when you got going that, that you know, made you quit golf? Was there one thing that just really, you know, like, because golf's pretty, people are pretty addicted to golf too, right? Yeah, and I, and I still golf, just not as, not as much. Um, I think the transition was I got tired of when we traveled, lugging a golf bag around and it was a whole lot easier to take a, a a fly rod with me and go fishing than it was to go golfing. Yeah. And there's also, I'm kind of antisocial. So golf is pretty social and fly fishing. You can just go out in the middle of nowhere and it's not weird. Um, and you don't have to talk to anybody, you know, that's like, right. that's, fly fishing is really the ultimate antisocial sport that's socially acceptable. It is. No, that's a good, that's a great point. Gosh, I never, I never really thought of that because I, I think that is one of the beauty, the beauties of fly fishing is that it's, it's this meditative thing. You know, if you want to get away from the, the cell phones and even golf, you know, you're out there, everybody, you know, people I'm sure are talking on phones and you're hearing, hearing phones and you're going into the, the clubhouse. But yeah, fly fishing, you can disconnect and that's the amazing thing. Yeah. And that's really what I, I think that's really why I loved about it. Cause at the time I got into it, I was running a, uh, men's necktie and bow tie business where I was making neckties and bow ties and selling them online. And so I was just always connected like always had my phone in my hand was always having to check email um and never got that chance to disconnect and i think that's one of the things i really do like about fly fishing is that i turn the phone off or there's just no cell service so it doesn't matter and i can get away and i think that's a huge i think as you get older in life you you or at least for me as i get older in life i'm i value that yeah solitude and that quiet and getting away from technology that's cool that's uh you you mentioned the bow tie that that's interesting i want to uh, maybe dig into that a little bit but i you don't want to talk about the, the stonefly nest can you bring us maybe you could just bring us back to I, i'm not sure if we go from the bow ties into the the nets but how, how did the the net company come to be so i started the so i'm i'll backtrack a little bit yeah so i I started woodworking in 93, 94 in Charleston and did that until I got married in 05. 
and we ended up moving to, to the West Coast to, to Portland for a year. So I gave up my job. That's the same year that the economy tanked. And we ended up back on the East Coast a year later in Winston-Salem, which is right outside High Point, which is like the furniture making capital in the U.S. Like just a ton of furniture comes out of there. But I couldn't find a job. So I started this bowtie business as just because I really had nothing else to do. I had, you know, I had no job opportunity. So I started that in 09. And by kind of 16, I was done. Like <laughs> there were only so many bow ties and neckties that I could make. There was just no, I was becoming a manufacturing facility, like a one man. Yeah. I peri- periodically had help, but I was pretty much a one man show just cranking out bow ties. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah, uh, this isn't fun. I don't like the social media aspect of it. Right. And so I, I was fly fishing in Colorado, and um, just having a horrific day. No, couldn't catch, couldn't catch a stick if I tried. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, I just want to do something in this in the fly fishing business. What you know, what what can I do? And so I thought about becoming a fly fishing guide and decided that I didn't really want to, that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. Cause that, not that it's a young man's game, but at 45 or 46, I wasn't prepared to couch surf in Montana Yeah, uh, <laughs> to, to work for an outfit or something to, to sort of chase that dream. And so I was kind of like, I can do woodworking. So let me let me try making a net. So I made made a couple prototypes and was like, all right, I still got the skills. I can do this. And so by the end of 17, I had done a couple designs for nets and got the patterns out, got got the molds made and just started started making them and, and launched in January of 2018 and just really haven't looked looked back and kind of named it stonefly nets because at the time i kind of made the decision to to leave the bow ties and neckties i was fishing a big purple stonefly there you go um so it just seemed kind of fitting to to name it after that sort of that time on the water where i was just like i'm done i'm switching switching careers because i can and yeah um, that's kind of glad i did and in a, in a weird twist, my wife, you know, was even willing, you know, she said, you know, go be a fly fishing guide, go, go huh. do something in the, in, in the industry. Cause you actually like it. Um, That's cool. which is, I think, I, I don't think there are many wives that tell their husbands to, you know, go, go do something in fly fishing. No, that's really <laughs> awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a cool, uh, that's a cool story. So, I mean, there's, you know, and the nets now you make are, you know, these beautiful nets. We can dig into more of that, how you, how you make them and, you know, the, I guess the wood you use and some of the other stuff. Um, but maybe just describe a little bit of, of your nets, just kind of like for somebody that, um, you know, maybe hasn't seen them before, you know, how does your net maybe look different than just some other net that's, that you could buy from whatever Walmart or something like that for, I mean, we're talking mostly like trout nets. We're talking mostly trout nets, but I do, uh, do salmon nets and I do 
some of my larger sizes will transfer over to the to the spin guys and bass fishing and the musky and stuff like that. But mainly it's ninety five percent fly fishing and trout. I think mainly just because um, fly fishing is sort of one of those sports like hunting. Like you, you just there's there's an aura about it. There's there's a little bit more. I think family legacy in trout than I think there may be in, yeah. in sort of bass. You know, you're going to get dad's bass boat before you get dad's bass That's right. net. That's right. Um, and so I think for a lot, a lot of what I do is it's dad buying the net for himself, but wanting to give it to a son or his daughter or, That's you know, cool. mom buying it you know, to give to her son, kind of, they, they, they have a legacy for that net. And I think that's really what's setting my nets apart from what you would get at Orvis or Fish Pond or, you know, Walmart or Cabela's. You're going there and getting kind of just a generic off-the-shelf net with me, you're coming because you're coming in for the the build process because you want to be part of it. Um, you want to have input into the not necessarily the the overall design of the net because that's kind of set. But you're coming in, you're picking your handle wood, you're picking your hoop wood, you're coming in, and you know whether I'm putting in a, a logo or initials or a saying, you're personalizing that net for yourself and your children or or your your family who whatever your plan is for that net you're you're sort of you're in that process and i think that's probably really what sets my nets apart or really going to anybody who does what i do is that we're offering you that connection you know yeah and i think that's what people are looking for nowadays especially i think with covid and there's just been a you know, much more emphasis at least this past year i found a lot more emphasis on i want this net to outlast me i want it to outlast my kids yep. there's a longevity that people are looking for that they recognize they're not, that they're not getting from the larger companies gotcha gotcha and, and- and nets are typically, I mean, obviously your nets are are made out of wood, but are, are other nets, I mean, what, what else do they make nets out of these days as far as the frame? Um, I've seen some people do it out of, um, I think, Kevlar. Oh, right. A lot of them are, are just plastic. Sort of plastic, plastic, yeah. Plastic or, or mainly plastic. I'm not sure what the fish ponds are made out of, but I think they're all molded plastic. Oh, gotcha. Um, gotcha, it, yeah. Um, and yours? And they're all being, and all those are just being mass produced. Even if you buy a, a, a oh, wooden net from yeah. Orvis, it's still being mass produced. Yeah. Someplace else. That's right. Um, That's right. And we, we were going to dig into, we talked uh, just before we got started about Tom Morgan and, 
and a cool thing you have going with them that we'll touch on. And, and I think I always think of them, you know, because when we interviewed them, listening to the, the process of how they make it. And actually, it, it, it's interesting. I just had a we're doing a, a drift boat uh, side series right now, uh, kind of a little mini series on drift boats. And uh, Boulder Boat uh, Boats was also on um, here. And and it sounds, you know, it's the same thing. You know, the owners are actually building the boat. They're building the fly rod. They're building the net. And it's this really personal, like, you know, it's like to tell them to take themselves out of building the thing is just like, there's no way that's going to happen. Is that, is that how you feel too with your nets? You're not going to be uh, like uh, outsourcing these anytime soon. Like, like, uh, I, no, no, no chance at all. I, I, I struggle. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and he's like, do you think you'll add an employee? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, to me, at this point, I can't see having anybody else work on these nets other than myself, mainly just because I'm a wannabe perfectionist. And if I don't see it go together, then I'll always, like, wonder if it was done right. And I like the hands-on experience, and I don't want to give up. I don't want to give that up right now. And I can't see, no, I, I, I couldn't see me ever being removed and sitting in an office and letting somebody else do the, yeah. do the work. That's, that's it. Well, I, I want to talk, I want, you know, these, um, I guess the burl, the burls is a thing that I, I'd like you to clarify, because I think that's a really cool part of the net. Some of these nets you make have these really, really unique designs. Um, can you talk about like what those are and how that you know, creates a really custom looking cool net, like a one of a kind net, right? Yeah. So a, a burl is a burl can be underground. It can be above ground and it's a, a section of the tree that at some point got damaged and then got infected. So it's a, it's an infection within the tree and it will, as the tree grows, the burl will get bigger and, you know, you know it's a burl if you're walking through the forest and you see kind of this round, bulbous uh, yep. section of the tree. There was probably a branch or, or a twig or something that snapped there and then it got infected. And as the tree grows, the infection kind of grows and it grows around, around the infection. So that bulb you're seeing is actually a burl. And so it just changes the way the the grain moves and it changes depending on the type of infection or the, and where it is will change the color and, Mm. and the punkiness of it. So some of it will be hard, some of it will be soft. So it's really noticeable um, in things like Buckeye Burl where you'll get these yellows and these blacks and occasionally reds and grays and greens Um, and so that's really, it's that diseased process that creates those really unique look. That's cool. Is it, is it an all, um, I mean, can you find this, I guess first thing would be what wood do you use for your nets? And then also could people find uh, these in, you know, all sorts of different types of trees for, for the most part, um, more some trees are, are th- I think, are more susceptible to it. So you'll you'll generally see 
more maple burls, walnut burls, kind of your hardwoods. Um, you periodically will come across one in like a Douglas fir, but they're pretty rare. Mm. Um, I mean, I've never seen one in, in a, in a pine at yeah. all. So, so I, I think generally it tends to be in slow growing hardwoods. Uh, but you'll, even then you'll still like finding a cherry burl is not hard, but finding a good cherry burl can be hard because cherry trees generally have a fairly short lifespan. So the burls don't necessarily get very big and cherry doesn't dry very well. So those burls tend to really break up. Um, so finding, finding burls is it's complicated yet easy. Um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those weird things. Like everybody can find a burl, but to find a really exceptional burl is hard because they're really popular and not far and few, but people tend to hold on to them because they're big huh. money. And, oh, really? and they, t- and they c- yeah, they can be huge. I mean, probably the biggest burl I've seen was probably about the size of a VW bug. Wow. Um, and that was a Buckeye burl and that came out from underneath, you know, the tree died. And when they took it out, it was there. And, you know, so they're massive and and you, um, and they can be really small. Like I've got some really nice West Virginia cherry burl that I'm getting maybe one or two handles out of it. Um, That's cool. Is there a good, where, where would somebody go? Could they go to your website and see some of these burls on a net? Yeah, so I've um, on on the website under I think net info. If you scroll down, there'll be a small section of maybe 10, 10 nets with different wood handles. Most of them are burl. I do I do mostly burls. Yeah, uh, my whole wholesale stuff um, won't be. I generally don't do burls there because that's a harder sell for fly shops um but everything usually i sell offline or do custom is is all burls gotcha okay so if they go to your website and look at your nets they uh they'll basically see mostly some burls in there i'm looking at one the the spalted maple burl landing net yeah it's so there there, there's a whole page there that'll give you you know some options um yeah, and then also if you follow me on Instagram, if uh, like recently I just posted a couple pictures of some quilted maple I got in and a redwood lace burl I got in, and yeah. that's a good way to see what I have in stock. Yeah, I and see what'll that. be ready to to come out because I try and sort of post post the burls as they come in so people can get an idea, and I stock a fair amount of burls on hand so like right now i've got a huge slab of really incredible uh redwood lace burl oh, i mean just cool. it's absolutely it's got red and yellow in it it's just an unbelievably gorgeous piece um got some really nice unbelievably quilted maple in yeah um it just it, it's so quilted it doesn't even look huh natural i'm realizing now as i'm looking at your your uh, that post on Instagram on uh, what was it uh, 
the day, I guess it was two days ago. So, um, but yeah, the burrows, I mean, we used to have this custom table. Well, it wasn't a table. It was like a bench, a big bench, like a long thing. And it, it came with the house, you know, that we bought. And, uh, and we were like, what do we, this thing was, it was so big. It was in the way we ended up, I can't remember if we gave it away. I think we might've given away, but now that I look at it, I think the thing was literally a burrow and it might've been worth, uh, <laughs> maybe it was worth thousands of dollars. I don't know. It probably could have been. I mean, burrows really, depending on, depending on like the color and yeah. the grain and the depth, they can go, um, burrows are not cheap. That's probably my largest expenditure oh wow so you buy most of your your burrows i buy most of my burrows and i and i i've got it i'm still really fresh into the wood business but i'm starting to be able to now buy direct from the landowner where do you buy those burrows from so i'm buying them all out of the u.s and they're they're being sourced Yes, the larger companies are sourcing them outside and bringing them in. So I buy from Oregon to California all the way to to Maine. Um, I've got probably right now six or seven consistent sources that I buy from, um, ranging from a large wood purveyor in Oregon down to a landowner in West Virginia. That's got a cherry orchard. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Okay. And so I try and really be able to track. I try and use sources where I can track where the wood came from. So I'm not, don't, don't, can't completely eliminate it, but I feel pretty confident that I'm not purchasing any illegally harvested wood. Right. 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 Okay. Cool. So, so that, so basically that, that's what, I mean, definitely the, custom build obviously and and some of those burrows kind of set you know what you would do a part of is there anything else on the net itself i mean maybe you talk about how to you know the build on the net when you take a net when you have your stuff how long does it take you from kind of square one and I, i'm 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 guessing you do a, a lot of nets at once but how long does it take to build a net if i if i sat down and did one net and only did that one net i could complete it in 14 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it takes some time. It, it takes some time. And, and that's, um, yeah. So for me, it starts, it, it's kind of a multi day process in that if I have to stabilize it, it takes me about three days to stabilize it if it's a burl. And that's the process of, in, in especially a burl, the wood is, can be really soft and really kind of airy especially you know, every burl is different but if you take like a buckeye burl or uh yeah, buckeye burl that's just easiest it can be you can get a really light piece of wood like almost sort of balsa light and that's just the fiber structure in there is just so uncompressed and so it's not really sturdy and it's not stable and it's going to soak up moisture like a sponge so i'll i'll put it into a, a, an oven and dry it and then suck all the air out of it and then replace all that air with a, an acrylic solution 
which once and then bake it and once it's baked it's hard and all of a sudden you've gone from a really light piece of wood to a really dense piece of wood that's not going to soak up as much moisture as it was before so that's sort of three days right there gotcha and then i've probably got a good half day in just shaping the handle alone um and then there's a a a full day of of it being glued together and then there's three or four days of me sanding and shaping it and trimming it and then another three or four days for it to go through the finish process and then it sits for a couple days to to fully cure um so it's a long process so generally what i tell people is if you come in for a custom net you're looking at about on 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 a slow like right now this is this is a slow month for me christmas Christmas time is always slow, but then I also took off a month because I had carpal tunnel surgery. I saw that. So I, I saw that. Uh, so I've got this, you know, weird sort of break right now. So it would take thirty days if you called me today. It would take thirty days. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and that's <laughs> depending uh, on what you needed. I could do it a little faster, but I generally, I don't, I don't want to be rushed. If, yeah. If I wake up in the morning and I'm like, ugh. Nothing good's going to come out for me, you know, trying to do a round over today by hand. I'm not going to do it because you got to be, it, there's so much concentration looking at that grain to make sure you don't splinter it, that you, you have to be in the right frame of mind to do certain parts of it, gotcha. especially sort of the engraving part. Like you've got to be you don't ready mess that to up. sit down. Yeah. And so I always tack on about two weeks to give myself time. And nobody's ever going to be disappointed in in me if I say, oh, hey, your net's done sooner. No, Um, no. And I think I like, again, I go back to the the Tom Morgan thing. I think those guys, I think they said they were like six months out for a a new or something like that. Right. So I think people, I think when they come to a custom like yourself, a custom builder of these products i think you know you should expect and we're letting people know right you should expect and i'm looking at one now november 20th of 2020 this um uh you're some christmas this is a christmas post but yeah this one's beautiful it's got red uh like the burrow has red it's got almost some turquoise lines in there mixed with i mean and then it's just really cool and then you mix it in with the actual uh frame of the net um, how do you do that? How, when the, is that just, is that glued in and then say, how do you mix in, you know, the actual frame into the burrow? So I sense two questions coming here. So yeah. I'll answer them both in the set. So the hoop is laminated strips. So that hoop is made up of from on mine, five laminated strips that get bent around to form. And my, my laminated strips are thin enough that I don't have to uh, steam them to bend them. So I do what I call a cold bend, just bend it around the, the, the mold, glued up, yeah, spread yeah. glue on it, bend around the mold. And then they're just laid out in such a way that they attach to that handle. And so I glue it all together in one go. And so that hoop will be glued together. The hoop will be glued to the handle. And then I end up with this 
rough net that's got sort of little ears on the end that get trimmed and then I start shaping it into that more streamlined look. When, when it comes out of the mold, it looks nothing like it does finished. Because uh, that hoop comes past the handle, so I've got wood that I trim off and, and shave down. But it's all one one go. And then within especially the burls, or if you do an engraving, I'll do um, semi-precious crushed stone. So I'll use, generally I use turquoise because that's a good color. And I don't use turquoise that's got that really bright blue. Um, I use a, a blend and it's called uh, New Mexico turquoise. So it's got a little bit more green to it. And a little—it's it, it, more more greenish aqua is what I describe it as. I think that's what I'm. I'm some of the things I'm looking at here. So, so yeah. And so on these nets, I think people, some people listening here are probably, and this is a struggle I think with some customers out there where they have a company that's. I mean, you've been doing this for a little while, but you know, a newer company where they're thinking, okay, I'm going to buy this net because it looks beautiful. Because who wouldn't want if you want a killer net? your nets are that but you know as far as like the warranty and the backup how do they know that you're not going to be gone in three years and then if there's an issue with the net you know what i mean that like what do you tell people when they have that concern it's kind of one of those things like how do you how do you assure them that and what is the warranty for your nets my warranty is lifetime uh, and depending on how honest you are about it depends on what how how kind I am to you. If you tell me, oh, I fell off a rock and I broke the net, and then I find on social media that you really backed over it with your pickup truck, I'm not going to be as friendly as if you'd say, hey, I fell on a rock and I broke it. I'm probably going to give you a really good, you know, pay pay the shipping, you know, pay the handle cost, everything else will be covered, kind of. Yeah. Now, if there if there's a defect in workmanship, it's fully covered. You just send it back to me. And if it's, if it's a mistake on my end, you get a return label, you don't pay anything. I give you a new net. If you, you know, like I had a, a lady who lost a net and somebody found it. It took a while to get it back, but I was fully prepared to work on work her she wanted a new net and i was going to give her a good price on it because that's the way i am mm-hmm. you know if you lose something or you're honest about it i'm not going to rake you over the coals right if i mess up i'm going to make it right no matter what yep and and if you want it refinished send it back to me and i'll refinish it um i do sell replacement nets online and you can buy those. Um, but generally I will treat you the way that I want to be treated. If I bought a, a high end product and something went wrong, you're going to get, you know, you're going to be taken care of. And that's just the bottom line of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's for my longevity. I, I think that's, yeah, I've got no, I've got no plans on stopping this anytime soon. Um, I do it out of my house. So I have the ability to, to not be as 
dependent on the economy as some other net makers who have employees have to pay rent. If I have a slow month, it doesn't matter because I don't have rent. I don't have, you know, I'm not, I don't have a lot of overhead costs. So I see longevity for me because I like being out of the house. I like working out of the house and I don't see bringing on that kind of pressure um, at all. That's right. That's right. No, and I, and I always like to let everybody, since you are a sponsor of the podcast, I definitely let everybody know that you know they've got the double warranty that we stand behind, you know, you you your stuff as well. So you know, I'll do whatever I can if there is some question or, or anything that comes up that, that yeah, we'll support we'll support the customer that bought your net fr- from us. So you know what I mean. Like I like to let people know that that we're in it for the long term as well. I think everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, and I and I can say out of. There are people who have made thousands of nets, and there are people who have made hundreds of nets. And I'm on the small side at, you know, maybe 100 nets, 200 nets. I'm not really sure. But I've not had one come back yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, You know, people, you know, know, people want to replace the nets. You know, they call me and I, you know, tell them how to do it. I'll send you everything you need. Um, And, the biggest issue I had was the lady who lost her net in Jackson hole. And I think this is a testament to the fly fishing community. A gentleman found it. He yep. took it home, um, and contacted me. It took me about eight months to find her. Um, and she eventually emailed me and said, I want one for my husband, but I lost my net. And I said, Hey, I've got it over here. No way. Um, yeah. And That's so cool. I've got it coming in from this gentleman um, she said he can send it to me, and I said no. I want to get back. I'm going to refinish it for because I don't know what condition he found it in. He took a picture of it; and it looks in really good shape. But I'm going to refinish it for, put a new net bag on it, and send it back to her. And you know, that's how I would want to be treated, and that's kind of how I approach my business. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you're, um, and what is the mesh? What is the mesh type you guys use? It is a, a it, it's it's rubber, but it, it, it's if when you look it up online, it's something like PVC, something around. You know, it's got some chemical name that makes it sound like it's plastic, but it, it's it's basically rubber, so it's hook friendly, fish friendly, all the important things. And I get really good. Um, you're not going to get the life that you would out of nylon. But you're also not going to end up with a a net bag that looks like a Christmas tree either. Yeah, exactly. That's that's no good. What is the what is the long term um, or how long do you expect to get out of the? Because this is the similar rubber netting that any of the good nets would use, right? That, out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is the equivalent of the fish pond net bag. Go, you know, their ghost bag or the Broden bags. Um, I'm on three years on mine and. I've got no no plans on changing them out, and the guides that that have bought them, are who are going on three years, have said they don't need them changed out. So, yeah, I think for probably for the average fisherman, you're going to, you know, be be you know, I I would speculate someone in that seven to ten range, you would yeah. probably, yep, and think about changing it out, but and it's easy to, and when you change it out, that's something that's do easy to do. 
it, it it's easy to do because it's just it's sewn in with some nylon line. Oh yeah, and um, there are holes that are drilled through it. So so your two options are with my nets, you can send them back to me, and I'll sew in the net bag, or I'll send you the needle, the the dacron line, and the net bag, and you can do it yourself. And it's just kind of a not on either end it's a half inch to, to half hitch to close it out and mm-hmm. a three turn cinch knot to attach it um, it looks more complicated than it really is probably the hardest part is figuring out how to hold the net in your lap yeah that's right that's um, right but there's some good videos out there on how to do it the the broden company has a really good video on how to sew in, in oh, a cool. bag. Cool. Cool. Broden. I'll put a, I'll put a link uh, to that in the show notes. And, um, before we get out of here, I wanted to just touch base on the Tom Morgan. We, we, uh, noted that earlier. What, what's the, can you talk about the little, um, uh, I guess you got some sort of a, a deal going with uh, Tom Morgan. What, what, what's that all about? Yeah. So we, uh, we're getting together and doing a, a collaboration. It's going to be, uh, the catch and release package coming out here in the next uh, few months, probably early, maybe early to mid spring. And it's going to be a, a, a custom net that I've designed to be specific for Tom Morgan for them. So it, it's a sli- slightly different look than what my nets are. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be two sizes available for them, a, a long handled net and a short handled net. And you'll be able to uh, match your real seat to the net handle. So if you buy a rod, you can add a net and I'll supply them the real seat wood that came off of your net handle to go on your, your fly rod. That's cool. That yeah, sounds like a perfect fit. Yeah, and, and it's all going to be exhibition grade wood so it's it's going to be the highest quality wood that's available at, at that time and yeah i think i think it's a really good match and i think it's going to offer a, a unique package for somebody who wants that that all around heirloom package well you we t- mentioned that earlier but what what is the typical wood you use for your nets and then what is the well, I guess you're using those burrows, and you noted that. But is there, and then, and then what for the Tom Morgan? What what is the type of wood? Is the wood and the wood just around the actual hoop? Is that's all standard sort of type of wood? So whether you, you you're buying the the catch and release package from us and Tom Morgan or from me, you the the there's going to be no limit. So you can pick whatever wood you want, whether it's a burl or like the quilted maple, you're going to be able to pick the handle wood. And so that's a wide range. You know, that's going to be everything from a really rare uh, Asian pan burl going all the way up to a maple burl, which will be much more common. You, you can, you know, if I can find it and I can get it, I can use it. And that's really Finding it is probably going to be the it is the probably the biggest limitation in all of this is you know, 
whether you come through the website or through Tom Morgan, you'll go through a, a process of where we'll talk. You'll kind of tell me what you're thinking or if you saw something that you really liked. And then I'll start bringing you uh, options that I either have in stock or that I can get. And you'll pick that that piece of wood. And, and if I have it, that's your piece of wood. I write your name on it and it, it goes into the into the build pile and and that's the wood you'll get if i buy it online i'll get it in mark your name on it and then the hoop woods they're kind of standardized but i still am using probably 10 or 12 different species of wood and then based on you know based on what the handle is and kind of the overall look some people want a hoop that kind of complements the colors that are found in the handle i can do that and some people want something you know that's a little bit more contrasty so if they got like a a walnut burl which will be on the dark side then i'll do a a, a lighter hoop and maybe bring in a little little accent piece in the middle to to tie it in with the with the handle a little bit but you get a lot of customization on on how you want the net to look and i think the other thing that people don't realize is that even if you get like buckeye is probably the buckeye burl is probably my least expensive burl because i can get it in a big burl and then people say well then a whole bunch of people are going to have my net and what i'll what you know the response to that is that within that burl there are going to be so many different looks that even if it's the same species you can see it yeah it's just going to look different yeah they're all one of a kind it seems to me as you go through your your instagram or whatever i mean pretty much every everyone is one of a kind because the burls there's no one burl that's exact it's they all have their different uh colorations and designs naturally that's sort of the unique part about this is that you can have you may run into somebody that has a Buckeye Burl on the stream, but their Buckeye Burl isn't going to look anything like yours. And that's kind of the cool aspect. Even within one piece of wood, I can come yeah. out with three or four different looks and feels and colors. And I'm still scrolling through your uh, your Instagram here now. I'm on August 18th, 2020, <laughs> and you're doing this... Uh, uh, fun with electricity and wood managed to electrode myself. Is this something you do too? This is a pretty cool little video where you're, uh, you're actually making a design with these electrodes. Is that something you, 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 uh, you offer? It is something I offer. I don't always advertise yeah, it like that. That's a good, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably out of all of the woodworking tools I own, that's probably the most dangerous. And so oh, what wow. that is, is, is um and it only it works well in some woods but not others but what i'm basically doing is putting those two probes in and there's a uh and a little i can't remember it, it it's an alkaline or an electrolyte solution it's basically baking soda and water and that helps the current travel and so I'm putting about 15,000 volts of electricity 
through that piece of wood and it's arcing through the wood trying to connect. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's called fractal burning and it's, um, it, 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 it's, it's dangerous enough that the woodworking association of America has banned its use for their members. And so if you, you know, so like shows won't take it, you know, some shows won't take your projects. If you use that method, a lot of people make it using a, um, microwave transformer and a couple jumper cable clamps. Um, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, it, it, um. looks, it looks like it. I, I'm I'm continuing on here. Just one more of these because this is you've got a good uh, Instagram feed here. The uh, this is on uh, uh, July 22nd, 2020, and you've got this. Finally, the Deschutes River topo map is done. Deschutes State Park. Now, what is this about? So, I so that so this will kind of go back to the last post, which was that CNC that I just bought. Um, I wanted to add just kind of some fun, inexpensive stocking stuffer type uh, products. And I just really thought it would be cool to do small sections of, you know, well-known fly fishing rivers, maybe not so many well-known fly fishing rivers, just something that if you went to a place and say you fished, the Deschutes or the Rogue and you just wanted, you know, and and you came across it, it wouldn't cost a ton and it would be something you could throw on your desk. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a paperweight or something. Yeah. Paperweight or just something to, to kind of look at. I'm keeping them simple because I don't want to get into doing topo maps, but it was just a, my thought was it's just a great way to, to have a little mantle decoration or desk desk decoration of a place that you might have fished. Like I don't want to do all of the Yellowstone River, but I'll probably do a small section of it coming out of like Yellowstone Lake. Um, you know, just something that has you know, conceivably maybe a little personal aspect to the person buying gotcha. it, and they're just they're really kind of fun. How do you do so? The Deschutes. I when I look at the Deschutes, I mean, it looks like a a river running through a canyon. I mean, is that is that like a on spec for the topography, or is that just kind of? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, is is it close to, or is it a section of the river, or how do? You, or what is it? So that Deschutes one is is the the section that goes through the. I can't remember if it's if it's the national forest or the. Oh. It's the upper state for, yeah, it's the upper coming out of, uh, oh. the Columbia. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, so this is, so the Columbia, so this is lower, right. So this is the lower river out of the Columbia would be the lower river. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, okay. Cause this is interesting. Cause this is a section uh, for people that know, I mean, obviously the Deschutes, but uh, there's probably a lot that don't know, but yeah, the, the Deschutes flows south to north into the, the Columbia river, which is the ma- the massive river, um, but if you go from the Columbia up the lower 25 miles are a wild and scenic, uh, area that's BLM, yeah. that's BLM managed. And I think that's the, the section, huh? That's a, yeah, it's that section. It, it's that 25 mile section. And that's, I, I can't, I can't remember right off the top yeah. of my head what the scale is, 
but what I do is, is I, I go and get uh, a grayscale topographic map. And so it's, that's if, if you were to kind of remove all of the vegetation yeah. and look down on that section, that's what that section looks like. That's so it's it. a, it's a, it's as detailed as I want to make it, but it's not my interpretation of oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense to me. And I know, I know the topo, obviously that section very well because I've hiked and hunted all over it as well as fished it. So I, I've been on top and all those ridges are 2000 feet high, uh, from the river up, you know, and it's a pretty, and it's steep in some areas, but not, it's not like the grand Canyon, obviously it's not a crazy or, or the snake. Um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'm just interested in that. I mean, it looks, we'll, I guess we'll leave that for another talk uh, because we gotta, we're gonna, get it, <laughs> we're gonna get out of here, but yeah, anything else on the nets, um, you want to highlight to, to, you know, give a kind of a shout out or kind of a pitch to the good stuff you have going or anything we missed just on generally about, uh, trout nets. I think this year there's going to be some really great looking redwood lace burl. If you, you know, looking for a, a unique net lace burl, I don't do a ton of it. There's not a lot of it out there. I've got a huge slab of burl for that. The Tom Morgan catch and release is probably the biggest. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, biggest thing for me as a business. If they want to get that, where would you send somebody? If they wanted a Tom Morgan rod and a, and one of your nets, that package. There you will be going all through your initial introduction will be through Tom Morgan rod smiths. And if you want to add a net to your rod, they'll make the introduction back to me. I see. Um, there'll be a little snippet on my website, but there ultimately you're buying the rod and, and, and my net is an accessory to their rod. So you'll start the build process with them and then you'll come over to me for the net, but you'll get, You'll be paying paying for the net through them because it will come with the rod. Okay, perfect, perfect. And I and I also just quickly I was going to touch on this uh, on you know you're making these nets. Is there a resource out there if somebody you know instead of buying one they wanted to actually make a net? Do you, do you have any uh, idea where you can send somebody if they wanted to kind of make their own? Are there a lot of resources out there on net making? There there's some decent ones. It, the easiest thing to do is to. My advice is to, to Google it on YouTube. Um, get you know, Look at it. If you've got questions after you've looked at the video, feel free to email me. Yeah. I don't have a ton of time if I'm your first stop. But if you look at it and then you have specific questions, yep. I'm always happy to answer specific questions versus perfect just general perfect if you email me and are like hey how do i build a net yeah <laughs> your email's yeah. going yeah, yeah. going well, down but if you're like hey i've got this issue i'll yeah. sit down and help you help you out with it and i know tom morgan i think tom morgan again and there's a few companies i've talked to that are similar to this that they you know they'll let you come by the shop and they'll i think well and they also do some classes too right they, they actually do I, I believe some rod building yeah they've stuff. got a class I'm yeah. not. I'm not to the point of, of running a class. Yet. Yeah, you're not quite there yet. Well, you, you know, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe if you're interested, right, right, maybe you'll. But it sounds like you're a little bit more on the, um, like you said, maybe introverted. So maybe that's not your style, anyways. You kind of like building your nets on your own. I do. I'm always happy to teach, but I really am on on sort of the spectrum of net makers. 
I'm probably on the small side. I like being that way. I'm in a two car garage in my house and I like that. You know, all of my tools are on wheels. Yeah. So I'm sort of the epitome of a small business, small net maker um, versus sort of if you look at, at like the Brodens or the Blue Ribbons, you know, they're much larger. They do great work, don't get yeah. me wrong, but they're yeah. much larger. I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. You know, kind of more like Sierra Nets, yeah, sort of the, in a small workspace. Yeah, you're the mom. You're the mom and pop. I mean, you're the great little. You know, I mean, that's what yeah. that's why people buy. You know, I mean, it's a custom. They know they're going to get custom built by by one person, and it's cool. I mean, how is this? You know, talking about the introverting. So now that we're wrapping up this podcast, how how has this felt for you? Has this fed hard or has this fed easy? No, this is. I, I enjoy talking about it. Yeah. I, it, 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 it this is easier because then I. I this is just easier yeah. than sitting in a room with 15 people trying to right make something. Yeah. Make something or everybody, you have to listen to 15 different fishing stories when you really know yours is the best fishing story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. totally. Cool. Cool. That's, that's it. Well, Hey, before I let you get out of here, I, I can't, you know, uh, little rock, Arkansas, I guess that's where you're, you're at now. Um, so, yeah. so there's obviously one famous person, right? The, uh, uh old, uh, Bill, uh, Clinton is, is the little rock guy. Is he, is he still the most famous person or are there any other big names coming out of there? Um, I think he's probably the, the most well, well known. Um, um, I think in the fly fishing world, wasn't Dave Whitlock out of oh, Arkansas? Yeah. Is Dave, is he out of, yeah. And I'm thinking specifically, uh, yeah, Little Rock, but yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Arkansas. Well, let me see. I've had Dave Whitlock on and, uh, and Davey Watt and they both talked about it. My memory, it's funny as I think back, these shows start to overlap, but, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's from that area. I want to say he, um, he moved to Oklahoma. I think he's in Oklahoma now, but yeah, I think originally he was from Arkansas. Yeah, he did. Um, if, if memory serves me right, he was very instrumental in, uh, I think the seventies getting the little red river stocked with Browns. Oh, that's Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. He he was if I if I remember correctly he was very instrumental so I think probably within the fly fishing world he's the best well oh yeah well known yeah. Um, but if you were talking to a non fisherman it would be Bill yeah yeah that's Bill right. Clinton or um, maybe Mike Huckabee oh Mike Huckabee yeah yeah that's right Huckabee <laughs> um, that's or right. if you're into it the Duggars oh Duggars okay no yeah, I don't know the Duggars as well they, they were on TLC or something they were the uh, religious family that named all of their kids starting with the letter W or something. Oh, wow. Weird. Something weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they weird. had that's like weird. 18 kids or something. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's strange. Okay. And well, in Arkansas, just <laughs> Arkansas, I mean, obviously is, you know, the, the White River, especially in that, you know, comes up, right? Comes up quite a bit. Is that, what is your home? Uh, is Do you have a home water you, you fish a lot? If I, yeah, I would probably say, uh, the North Platte in Colorado. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I fished the little red a lot. I got the opportunity to fish the North Platte in Colorado, um, for wild Browns and semi wild rainbow. Yeah. They don't, the sections that I was fishing, the state doesn't stock. Um, so there's some stockers that come down, but they're pretty much all 
re- self-reproducing. Yeah. And after catching kind of wild browns, coming back to little red to fish stockers just never, you know, it, it, it never, never appealed to me again. So I, I try and get out to Colorado maybe three weeks a year uh-huh. to fish. Yep. Um, and I, I fish the North Platte the most. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. And, and I like that section of Colorado too. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado is a hot spot for sure. Cool. All right, Ethan. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on here. That's uh, I think we covered uh, everything I was wanting to dig into. I um, just want to thank you for uh, you know sharing some knowledge here and uh, and yeah, and yeah. being a sponsor of the podcast. If anybody wants to help uh, support this podcast and support you, they can head out to um, uh, stoneflynets.com and and kind of uh, grab a new net, right? Exactly, and everything that's online ships within 24 hours oh wow so i i do i do keep stuff stocked some stuff stocked online so if you need something immediately check out the website there's some still some really nice stuff up yeah yeah. nets up yeah i'm I'm glad i'm glad you noted that and and what is uh, just on the pricing quickly just so people are realized because i was thinking about i'm not even sure on the different price i know your nets i think some of your your uh, custom nets are in the 200 dollars range but can you just briefly talk about that is that like if they're going to go right now pick up a net and get it shipped in 24 hours what what does that net cost probably average of 250 okay so Um, yep yeah, that that that's kind of the average, and it bounces. So um, some nets will be in the one nineties, some nets will be in the four hundreds. Yeah. Um, if if you're doing a custom net, I can work with you for the most part part on price. Um, you're really your entry level net for me is going to be in that one ninety. Yep. Range. Exactly. Exactly, and that's, that's and it. then it it goes up up from there and. Top top price range for me is going to be about four seventy five, and that's going to be a a rare burl where you're probably buying the whole burl, um, and and so it's kind of in there. But on that on the website, I'd probably say two fifty max is what you'll you'll come across. Yeah, that's it, and that's why you're. Um... Yeah, and that's why the Tom Morgan, obviously, they're high end as well. One of the highest end, you know, rods out there for, especially when you think of trout. So it makes sense that you guys are coming out. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll look by the time this gets out, we'll, we'll probably be right around the time you guys are uh, launching that. So, so cool, Ethan. Hey, yep. th- thanks again, and I'll, I'll keep in touch with you on uh, on email. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I appreciate appreciate the sport. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash 189. If you can, uh, head over to wetflyswing.com slash resources to find out the most recent uh, book recommendations and some of the other resources that our guests have noted in the podcast. I've got a little curated list of uh, things you can click on there and, and support the show as well at the same time. I want to quickly jump over and just walk through uh, Stonefly Nets. Uh, we noted the sponsorship. Um, I just want to... I'm going to click over here right now. If you go to, you could go to wetflyswing.com slash stonefly. And if you go there, um, that's actually going to keep track of the click, which helps the podcast. And when it opens up, it just shows stonefly nets. And now I'm on the website. I'm just going to walk this really qu- quickly so you know how, if you wanted to make a purchase. Um, right away at the front, it says handcrafted fishing nets made in Arkansas. He says, uh, reclaiming the tradition of uh, handcrafted care with custom wood landing nets. And he's got a couple different options here. And actually, there's also some fly boxes, the topographic map, which we talked about uh, today. 
um, and some other types of nets. And there's also a little button at the bottom for uh, custom orders. If you click that, custom order, it's basically got some information, getting started, it's got your name. So basically if you want a custom order, um, you can add your name. It's got some handle options. You know, for example, the Buckeye Burl handle is pretty amazing. Um, the spalted uh, tamarind, I hope I'm saying that right, handle. There's a bunch of really cool handle. And then there's Ideas Gallery. So he's got a little gallery of really cool. I see some turquoise burl in there. Um, and so I'm just keeping going at the bottom. Join the newsletter, which I think I'm going to do right now, which I didn't, don't think I'm on that. Let's see, click, yeah, there we go. I think I signed up so you can join the newsletter. And uh, so yeah, so he's, again, I'm gonna scroll back up on the uh, navigation bar. He's got shop, fishing nets, uh, brookie net, fishing accessories. He's got a little bit on his story, shows and the context. I'm just gonna go into shop and I'm gonna go into, let's go into the river series, the river net series and what it has here uh, currently, there's one net, the Bird's Eye Maple River Landing Net for $179. And it says River Net Series uh, talks about some of the dimensions, 13 inches by 19. Um, these are, it says, <clears throat> these nets are my mid-sized nets and come with two handle lengths. I use this net most of the time when I know landing fish in the 18-inch range. So again, so he's got some for different size, I'm, different size fish. I'm going to click on it and it opens up a little gallery of some views and it's a really clean net this one has the longer handle and again some of the stuff and then you can go uh, buy now or you can go to add to cart it's got a purple buy now button if you go to add to cart it's got your list uh, you can use um, if you have a gift card or something like that and I think if I just go yeah and then you can just go through the process of buying a new net right there um, anything else here? So that's kind of the main thing. It's really straightforward. If you want to grab one of these nets, like I said, wetflyswing.com slash stonefly, that'll get you to this page and that'll help, help us keep track, um, of who is kind of uh, clicking over and supporting. Um, that's an awesome, that would be awesome. And yeah, so it's pretty straightforward. There's a, there's also one video. I think I'm going to click on the media button. Um, He's got the uh, the kayak flyer podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. He was on that, and then the film about Stonefly, which is a cool little little intro film that they have out there. So I just want to give you a heads up. But you can click over there now, take a look yourself, and see some of the designs. Uh, also, Ethan has some good stuff, like we talked on Instagram. Lots of cool photos over there. So I just wanted to leave it off there for now, just to go give you a quick heads up, and um, wanted to let, let you know that's a wrap. I appreciate uh, you for listening today, and. If you have time um, and money to support, uh, if you want to support this podcast, if you pick up a net from Ethan and uh, and let him know, um, that would be amazing. Let him know you heard of him through the podcast. That's the way we kind of keep the lights going here, and hopefully we'll get some of these podcasts, um, some of these guests back. Um, actually, hopefully we'll get some of these sponsors back next year. Because I think, uh, actually, Ethan has a really cool, he's really a small mom-and-pop thing, but makes a good product, so... Um, so I want to thank you again today for stopping by. I uh, hope to maybe uh, catch up with you soon, maybe online or on the river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.